This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Coming up on today's show, the latest on the Coots border blockade. We'll speak with Heather Yurick's West. We'll chat with Kevin Zahara, mayor of Edson. Big things happening in that small community. It's a bit of a boom right now. We'll get the latest. And a wayward goose tracked from BC to Chicago, and nobody knows why. All right, let's get an update on the situation down at the Coots border. From what we're hearing, um, I mean, there's some reports that this has happened, but nothing officially. We, we, we haven't seen anything changed um, since what took place there last night, where there was definitely an escalation. Brief, I don't know how long it lasted, but um, Heather Yurick's West, who is the Alberta correspondent for Global National, was there yesterday, and she joins us now. Hi, Heather. Thanks for your time. Yeah, no problem. How are you today? I'm excellent. Thanks very much. Just the latest, like, we're, we're, as far as we know, it's sort of still that back into that holding pattern as far as this morning goes, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We spoke with RCMP late last night to kind of debrief the day because yesterday was a pretty chaotic day. And RCMP have really um, decided to, to kind of pull back to de-escalate tensions because of you know, what we, we saw unfold uh, when they had moved in, uh, you know, shortly after noon to just uh, to, to begin what they had hoped to, to, to be an enforcement mission. They had told protesters that, you know, they had to either leave or they would be subject to arrest. And, of course, we saw what unfolded. So when everything kind of, uh, when the tension escalated, the temperature rose so, so great. So fast, um, RCMP uh, said that at that point they decided to kind of pull back, let things yeah. simmer down, and that's sort of where we're at now, uh, kind of a holding pattern. So we're day five, and the border is still still closed. So you were there yesterday afternoon when whatever happened happened. Just walk us through it. It started with RCMP trying to move in, and then uh, yeah. all hell broke loose from there? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll take you through what happened. So we were... Um, part of a small group of reporters that were um, allowed to accompany RCMP to kind of, you know, to, to, to document what was happening. Um, we were standing uh, behind RCMP. We were told that what RCMP, and there were several dozen officers, um, uh, several vehicles. They went to uh, the protesters. They were talking to uh, truck by truck, vehicle by vehicle, letting them know that this was the situation, that this was an illegal protest, and that they had a choice at this point to make. They could either be leaving peacefully or they could be subject to arrest. So that's what was happening. We saw uh, three, four vehicles decide to leave at that time. And then the police, um, the officer that was with us, told us that we needed to get to our vehicles, we needed to get off the road, that it was no longer safe because there were vehicles traveling towards us that had breached an RCMP checkpoint further north on Highway 4 and were coming, uh, traveling uh, south on the northbound lanes. And so from uh, shortly after that, we saw vehicles, tractors, tractors farm equipment yeah. coming down the ditch at a high rate of speed. We later learned that there was a head-on collision between one of those vehicles that were approaching, uh, coming down south 
um, on the northbound lane and a vehicle that was in the northbound lane. And now at that time, police say that the only vehicles that would have been traveling northbound were either protesters that were leaving or police vehicles. So it, it, we're, we're assuming that it was two protest vehicles that were involved in that head-on collision. That was the assault that took yep. place um, that the, the Premier had, had talked about. So there was some confusion. Um, we don't have any evidence to support that a police officer was assaulted. We're looking for some um, clarification from the government on that. But the assault that took place appears to have been between those two, um, uh, those individuals that were involved in the head-on collision. So yeah, the, t- the temperature just rose significantly. The media was told that we, we can no longer be in that the situ- in the area, so we were told to, to get to a safe place. And from there, we saw RCMP kind of just pull back and and... Yeah, things kind of settled reset. into a holding pattern. Did yeah, reset, any of those reset. truckers that they spoke to originally and said, hey, you can leave or be arrested, did any of them leave? There was some that left. Yeah, there was like four, maybe three or four vehicles that left. Not a lot, but okay. some did leave. Yeah. And yeah. then we had and, the um, new reinforcements come in. So is it bigger now than it was before the RCMP moved in? Uh, slightly, like 15. And and the other thing that we've noticed, too, just as we were leaving at the end of the day, um, so the the RCMP checkpoint that's further uh, north on the highway uh, by Milk River is now um, bolstered, but there's also a long line of protest supporters um, parked there up into the checkpoint. So actually, we're just a few minutes away from there, and that's our first stop this morning to go talk to those supporters. Um, I've, I've seen some chatter online that may, that maybe that these people are are looking to bring. Supplies and support to the the protesters. Yeah. There's been some organization online looking for supplies, and so yeah, that's that's where we're at there. So um, obviously a very dynamic situation, and I I don't know how I don't see this ending today. But uh, you know, there are smarter people than me working on this, and we will see. We will c- continue to to watch and ask questions and bear witness and do all the things that journalists do. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, and we look forward to your reporting. Last one before I let you go. Um, We're hearing reports from RCMP saying they know of um, reports of as many as five other sympathy um, demonstrations scheduled to take place today and into the weekend. Have you heard anything about that? Any sign from where you are that there's other convoys or protests being set up anywhere? Yeah, we've um, we, there were some reports that our colleagues at Global Leftbridge were able to confirm a, a few others in around southern Alberta uh, blockades. Um, I've I've seen chatter and in Facebook groups and, and that sort of thing about other uh, blockades that could be set up today. The RCMP say that they're aware of them. I haven't seen we haven't seen any yet, but uh, yeah, we, that's something else that we'll, yeah. we will be watching and monitoring. Heather, awesome! Thank you so much for the update. I really yeah, appreciate no it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. That is Heather Yurix West, who is the Alberta correspondent for Global National, and she's back at the border crossing, and she'll be there to keep us updated on uh, anything. And she was there yesterday. When I mean, it was absolutely wild video. If you haven't seen it, you should really go check it out. I mean, these big old tractors and uh, other farm equipment <laughs> blasting through the ditches and around um, the RCMP co- um, roadblock. It's really, it's kind of surreal in a way. It really. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay, good things happening in Edson. Um, it's pretty amazing. We're, we've heard lots of good stories about investment. We've heard lots of different things about ac- economic activity happening in different parts of the province. It's going very, very well, especially in Edson. You wouldn't believe what's going on there right now. So joining us to tell us all about it, we have the mayor of Edson, Kevin Zahara. Uh, Kevin, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Well, great to chat with you again, Shane. Yeah, so Global News recently out there doing a story about what's happening in your community. I was really, uh, well, pleasantly surprised. It sounds like things are going great guns out there right now. Yeah, you know, we have three big energy projects underway. It all started with Trans Mountain here a couple years ago, uh, bringing in about 1,200 workers. And then uh, the Cascade Power Project, uh, which is a $1.5 billion uh, power plant that's being built just south of Edson. Construction got underway on that uh, just over a year ago. And uh, they have hundreds of workers here in the area. A uh, number of Indigenous communities are involved with that project, uh, going to be creating, uh, you know, 25 to 30 long-term uh, high-paying jobs. And TC Energy has a number of uh, big pipeline projects uh, happening south and uh, west of the community as well. So a lot of workers. Uh, we're a community of uh, just over 8,400 people. Uh, we have about 1,000 hotel rooms. Uh, yeah. All of them are booked up solid. Wow. Um, and we have about uh, 2,000 workers that uh, are in our community temporarily working on these projects. That's amazing. I mean, uh, all your hotel rooms full. That means, you know, restaurants. That means just the spinoff activity must be huge right now. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting. I was talking to some small business owners, and I, you don't really, when you think pipelines and these projects, you think about, you know, these the, these men that are working on the, the, these projects. And I was talking to a, a spa here in town. And I'm like, are you seeing any spinoffs for this? And she said, absolutely. You know, you have all these uh, other workers uh, that are supporting these projects. You have spouses that yeah. are in town. Um, so they get their nails done, their hair done. They, they come to the spa. Um, so it's uh, it's great to see. It, it has impacted every single business in our community from, uh, you know, motors, uh, uh, motor car dealerships to uh, power sports dealerships to small businesses, restaurants, hotels. Uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. That's a, uh, that is fantastic to hear. How long do you expect this to last? Is it going to be a temporary uptick, or will some of this last for a while? Well, it's going to be a temporary uptick. We're right in the peak right now. Uh, TMX uh, is is uh, nearing completion, so some of those workers will be leaving. Uh, but there will be reclamation work that's going to be occurring a year or two afterwards, and a lot of local companies, I think, are going to be involved in that. Um, you know, Cascade, uh, the Cascade project, that's going to continue for another couple years for that construction. Um, so it, it is going to continue for a little while, but... Uh, uh, we're certainly enjoying the benefits of it right now. Yeah, that's what I, the last one for you. Uh, just with what we've been through over the course of the past couple of years, and you know, before that, even in this province with the economic downturn and all the rest, um, just how exciting! What's the mood like around the community? Seeing you know these good times, however long they last, come back to Edson. You know, when TMX got canceled or delayed, uh, there were some really gloomy clouds in the community. Everything was super slow. Uh, right now, people are in, in pretty high spirits, uh, talking to local business owners. They said they've, they've had a really successful year last year, and I know that's not the same in other communities uh, with what's been going on in the pandemic, and that's thankful. That's thanks to these projects here in our community. And uh, we're seeing, you know, people are renting rooms out of their basements and, and have rental units that, they, that are filled where they've been vacant for, for a long time 
long time. So it, it really is a huge benefit. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, thanks for the update, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is Kevin Zahara, who's the mayor of Edson, where things are really going great guns right now. Some fantastic news. i got to find out about this goose. This is such a great story. We're going to chat with Dr. Eric Demers, who is an ornithologist and a chair of the biology department at VIU, which is in British Columbia. Uh, VIU? Doc, what is that? Is that Victoria? That's uh, Vancouver Island University. Vancouver Island University. Okay, gotcha. All right. Now, you were part of a, a project of um, basically tagging geese, right? To, to try, just before we get to the wayward goose, let's start with um, the project that you launched. Just tell us how it worked, how many geese, things like that. Yeah, uh, back at about five years ago in 2016-17, during each of those years, we caught and uh, banded uh, 200 geese during each of these years. And we also put some collars on them. Those are plastic collars that are white with uh, black lettering on them. Yeah. And anybody who sees those geese to then report them, and it makes it easier to, to, to see the code without having to resort, resort necessarily to a spotting scope or even binoculars. And we created a website for people to report these geese. And the main goal of that was to find out uh, in the Nanaimo area where Vancouver Island University is located, what do these geese do? Do they stick around? Do they uh, migrate around Vancouver Island? Do they go to the lower mainland or wherever they happen to go? All of these geese initially then were tagged on the island around the Nanaimo area. And that's correct. Yeah, and most of them that happen to stick around as, as the findings. This is what we're, we usually find is that a lot of these geese uh, happen to stick around in our in this area with the warm winter we warm winters we have the geese don't yeah. actually tend to migrate very much uh, unlike perhaps uh, in the area where your listeners are here the winters are not that cold so a lot of these geese stick around uh, but we wanted to find out if there was any any uh, greater movement that would happen within this population and so we've seen some move around most much of the island and we've seen some go as far south as uh, Washington state and uh, Oregon and uh, but that was mostly the extent of that mostly north south movement or staying local so yeah and, and you're just hopping across the border maybe but then one showed up where in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking thousands of kilometers to the east, just one goose? That was just the one? That's it, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was quite the finding. We, uh, so we've been, I mean, this has been five years ago, So we, and we know that geese live, you know, 15 to 20 years or so. Some of them can live too, so we know we're going to get reports over time. But, and so we keep monitoring that website, and then a the report came in from last October, from somebody who said they saw one of our goose on Lake Michigan, right downtown Chicago, and we thought, well, that's that's that can't be true. And uh, but there was an email, so we contacted the person who uh, gave all the details about it. And given that these callers are only given uh, to, they're they're never repeated, so that means they're unique. Nobody else would have the same codes and the same type of collar on geese anywhere in North America. So it had to be one of our guys. Now, how? Surprising. I mean, we know that geese will travel long distances. And as you said, in our part of the world, I mean, they come and go north-south all the time. But, I mean, how surprising was it to you to find one turn up in Chicago? Why would it be in Chicago? Well, and that's that's kind of the million-dollar question. How did it get there? Uh, I mean, 
it's it's possible for birds to go wayward when, if they get caught in storms and moved off off course. So that that that's been seen in many cases. Uh, uh, where geese go elsewhere. Uh, it might have tagged along some other geese that were doing something unusual. Uh, okay. And so it, it's really, I mean, with this one individual, it's really hard to say. We did, however, it's not the first time we see a, a goose go east of the Rockies because we did have a report of a hunter who uh, shot one in uh, Boyle, Alberta. So, so we knew we had a previous sighting of a goose out there. So we know it's possible. We just don't know how it happens unless we put like trackers on them or something like that. Then it's hard to know which route they take and how to get there. So still much to learn then, obviously. Yes, yes, very much. Interesting story, Doctor. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you sharing the story. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You bet. Dr. Eric Demers, who is with the uh, VIU. Thanks for listening today. To hear any of our other interviews, you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us.